Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Backroads Podcast, where we talk about living life fearlessly off the beaten path. Today on this episode, we have Christina Sim. She is a photographer, and she has traveled to 16 countries in one year, guys, and been to over 25 countries. I am so excited to have her on the podcast with us. Hi, Christina. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Please tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I, um, Christina, I'm a photographer and adventurer, and I love traveling. And, you know, travel, about about two years ago, I made the decision to kind of get out of that daily grind um, and kind of take life by the horns and take off a year and go travel around the world. Um, so I, in that year, I'm so glad I did it when I did it. It was, uh, you know, before COVID hit, um, looking back, it was a great lesson to kind of not, you know, not wait for what you want to really do. So I took a year off. I traveled around the world. I explored, um, I love exploring. So I explored all throughout during that year and, you know, not only the world, but also myself. So, and I came out with, a kind of a new path uh, in photography. And now I'm uh, working on my photography print business. That is so wonderful. So how did you know, what was the vision that told you that you wanted to take this year off to go explore? Yeah. So I think it all kind of started, I, I growing up, I didn't um, do much traveling. In fact, I didn't leave the country until I think I was about 22 years old was the first time I left the country. Um, and you know, kind of a a world opened up when I left the country. I did my first few trips with friends. I went to, you know, England, Scotland, Ireland, Greece. Um, And then when I was in my early 30s, I had taken a little time off from traveling. And when I was in my early 30s, I was kind of working my way up that corporate ladder. I was living in Boston. I was living kind of that life that I thought I wanted when I was 20 years old. And, um, you know, I had a great apartment in the city. I had an amazing job. And, you know, going out to dinner at night with friends and just, you know, living a great life. But something was just feeling a little bit unfulfilling um, in my life. And, you know, I'd wanted to travel, but I just really didn't make time. You know, I wanted to go with friends and, and you know, either if I waited for friends, um, I soon realized I would be waiting forever, whether the budgets weren't lined up or um, the amount of time or where you wanted to go wouldn't line up for friends. So, it was about, I think it was three or four years ago now, um, I went to go take a day off from my job for Christmas break, right? To go spend some time with um, family over the Christmas holiday. And I went into my vacation bank, um, you know, at work and realized that if I wasn't, we have kind of had a policy in our, our, our company that you can accrue up to one and a half times vacation until you start losing it. So I went in to go take a day off for Christmas and I realized if I didn't take, start taking a lot of vacation soon, I was going to start losing my vacation, right? And this was kind of against my core values. I was like, I am never going to be that person that just gives up the vacation because they're a workaholic. Um, but I was becoming that person. And so it was kind of when it hit me, like I keep telling myself I want to go travel, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing what I want to be doing and what's going to, um, you know, keep that exploration alive and really fulfill me a little bit more. So that's when I decided that I was going to go take a trip. I had always wanted to go to Costa Rica, right? I had seen in my yoga studios, I had seen these beautiful posters of these gorgeous retreats in tropical Costa Rica. It looked like the most amazing escape. And so I, um, and so I was like, okay, maybe by, this was December. So maybe like around March, I'll go to Costa Rica. And I was um, talking to a friend and she's like, well, why don't you make it by the end of the year? And I was like, but it's December. It's early December. How can I do that? And she's like, well, can't you just take off before the end of the year? <laughs> so I ended up booking a flight and, you know, I did it scared. I was like, oh my gosh, can I go to Costa Rica by myself? I had never really taken a solo trip before, but I knew that was something that I wanted to do. So I booked a trip that left New Year's Eve that year for two weeks by myself in Costa Rica. Wow. And I left so scared that night before I left. I remember being so, so 
excited, but scared. Right. And I think that's kind of that best feeling and knowing you're going in the right direction. And I left and, um, you know, I ended up having the most amazing transformative time in Costa Rica over those two weeks. And I came back and I almost didn't come back. I almost didn't want to get on the plane to come back uh, to the U.S. And I vowed to myself that I would travel more and see different cultures and see how other people lived and, you know, as a way to explore myself as well. So that's kind of what started in kind of my bug, my travel bug. And I kept I kept traveling more and more. And so, um, you know, when my travels, I think I was in Belize about a year later uh, when I met this couple who had been traveling for two years. And I thought, wow, two years, that's incredible. I learned about their story. I met some other long-term travelers. Um, and I was inspired to think, I really want to visit all these places around the world, but I don't have enough time vacation to go to Australia. You know, can you go to Australia in a week and a half? Yes, but we probably won't see too much. And so I thought, could I go travel for a whole year? And it seemed unapproachable at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it kind of, everything just started lining up. I began to be at a point in my career where I was ready for a change. Um, I was at a point where, you know, um, I was ready to move maybe to a different location and kind of everything started to line up. And I took a look at the budget and realized it was actually more approachable than I had originally thought. And so that's when kind of that idea started. And I thought, maybe I could do this. So that is so brave. That Thank is so you. amazing. Because <laughs> it does. It takes a level of that doing it scared. Like I'm terrified. Oh, yeah. It feels right. So I'm just going to go for it and just like be, keep the faith that you're on the right path. So that yeah. is such an inspiring story. Yeah. And there were a lot of times kind of, I think once I thought about doing this trip for a good six, eight months before I actually just like decided that I was really going to do this. And I put together like a plan on paper to like basically sell everything I own, pick up and put everything in one suitcase and travel for a year around the world. And there was a lot of times where I was like, is this, is this the right thing to do? But, you know, I felt deep down it was, I felt a calling to do this. Um, you know, the fear does creep in and it's just reminding, I think for myself, it was reminding myself, yes, it is what I want to do. It's going to be amazing, but it's a little out of the ordinary, right? So there's a little bit, there's a lot of unknown, but I think for myself, I knew that it was the right path for me and what I wanted to do and doing it scared, (laughs) you know, was the right, the right, the right path. So, yeah. So you did end up selling everything for this adventure. I sold most, most everything. Um, you know, I, I have a little bit of stuff still in my friend's basement. So I sold most everything I own, put everything on either Craigslist or Facebook marketplace and kind of sold all my big furniture. Um, and because I was living at Boston at the time and I wasn't sure if I was going to go back to Boston after I thought about storing it, but in the end I thought easier for me as far as like, I think less is more sometimes. So easier to sell everything. And then if I, you know, and repurchase it after just because I didn't know what I wanted after this trip or if things would change. So I sold most everything. Um, I did end up putting some, a few things in um, my friend's basement as well and packed everything that, you know, I thought I needed for a year into a 45 liter uh, backpack and just took off. So (laughs) Just a girl in her backpack. That's right. It was actually really freeing because I think the less, you know, when I went on my first international trip um, with my friend to England, I remember bringing this huge bag, right? This was for a week and a half. And I remember thinking, I need everything, right? Mm -hmm. And I brought this huge rolling suitcase. And I remember rolling it up these cobblestones, you know, in London and being like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? And so that was for a week and a half. And, and for this trip, I was like, you know what? I don't want that. <laughs> so I found a way to, through a lot of research and trial and error and getting rid of stuff along the way, I ended up packing everything in a 45 liter backpack. And it was, it was really freeing. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is amazing. It's a love hate relationship with a backpack though. I found. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
it gets you more mobile, but it's yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. You learn to that you could you could lift something quite heavy for long periods of time. Exactly. You get stronger, right? A stronger back. You get stronger back, and then once you get to put that down, it's the best feeling. Oh ever. yes, a sweet relief. <laughs> Absolutely. Have you been able to keep that uh, minimalism lifestyle since this trip? Yeah. So it's so funny. So since I. You know, it, it's so funny. Before I went on the trip, I considered myself kind of a minimalist. I was like, I don't have a lot of stuff. And I always love getting rid of stuff. It felt like freeing to me. And I lived in a small apartment, you know, very small one bedroom in Boston. And I didn't realize until I started getting rid of everything, I was not a minimalist. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but when I got back from this trip and like, I started this trip with like, I had Googled like, what do I need for, you know, what do you need to travel for a year? And there was all these things that like, you know, I got from Amazon that I really didn't need like this clothesline to dry your clothes. If they didn't have a, you know, a dryer, there was like, um, like a safety alarm that seemed to go off at the very wrong times, (laughs) um, (laughs) like all these little things. And so I started like shedding stuff throughout the trip. And so when I got back, I was so used to only having, you know, um, just enough clothes for one, one load of laundry and like not too much other stuff. And so when I got back and I stayed with friends for a while, I didn't want to, you know, they had all my clothes in their basement and I was like, I'll take two sweaters and I'll bring it up. Like, that's all I really (laughs) wanted. Um, and I have been, so I'm actually now shortly after I got back to Boston, I was, um, in November. And I was like, I don't know if I want to, to get back right for the winter time in Boston. So I ended up coming to San Diego. I didn't make a home again in Boston yet. And so I ended up coming out to San Diego and um, soaking up some sun- the sunshine for a few months. And so again, in San Diego, I just a suitcase, but uh, not too much more stuff than I had traveled for a year. So yeah, I've, I have kept that minimalism up and it's for me it feels more freeing to have less in a way because you're not trying to keep track of everything exactly it definitely gives you more freedom when you do not have a bunch of stuff when I yes. left on my long trip and I came back like I was like Maria Kondo keeping this lifestyle and I made my husband do it and so oh my goodness have been living in yeah a studio just the two of us and completely downsized to where we were before and we feel so much freer because you're able to take more trips we're able to spend money on things that really matter to us yeah and I think that's the biggest thing that you have said the word freedom having Mm. less stuff is just freeing yes oh I totally feel that yeah definitely more freedom and for me I'd rather spend and it's this trip was kind of um confirm that I'd rather spend my money on experiences rather than, um, uh, you know, rather than stuff and things mm-hmm. because the experience is what bring me the most joy. I found absolutely. And those memories of just even reliving those experiences mm. bring you joy a second time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it totally does. It does. Like today we woke up in the memory, like last year, me and my husband went and spent our one year anniversary in Panama, San Blas area. And we woke up this morning, our memory was like, last year you were at the beach. And I was just like, oh, took it in for a second. It was just as that feeling in my heart was just as warm as it was last year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what I, so on this trip, I took up photography and I, you know, had always been interested in it, but I really got into it and delved into it on this trip. And And that's one thing that I really love about photography for me is like looking back on, you know, looking back on these images, like transport you back, right? Mm -hmm. They connect you to these places, the moments, the feelings you had. And, you know, even if you weren't there, like someone else looking at like photography has kind of that power to do that. So yeah, that's what I, I kind of fell in love with on this trip. Yes. I bet you have some beautiful, gorgeous pictures. Is there a place where people can go to see? Yeah, so I um christinasimphoto.com that is my uh, photography website. I also have a print shop. Um I'm selling my photography prints prints on Etsy and I have a print shop that's linked on that webpage as well. Perfect. And we'll make sure to put that in the show notes so that everybody can see those cuz I bet on your trips you've taken some amazing photos. Yeah, yeah. I really um 
you know, it's, it's hard to capture the beauty of these mm-hmm. places. And, you know, being there is, you know, there's, there's as much as you can get the photo to look as close as possible. I mean, the beauty, this, you know, how you feel in these places is unbelievable, but as close as you can to come back to, you know, those photos and see either kind of these big expansive places um, that kind of make you feel alive or, even just witnessing kind of those small moments in, in some of these places and, um, and cultures as well, kind of that space between um, as well, that reminder that really there's beauty all around if we kind of stop and explore a little bit. Yep. All you got to do is look. Yeah. It's there for us to see for sure. Right. Would you say that Costa Rica was your biggest life-changing trip that you've taken? I don't know. Uh I think it's kind of all a journey. Costa Rica was what led me into travel, right? It empowered me to say, you know, I can do this, right? I can, um, it was certainly an empowering trip. And I learned a lot about myself, about other people in Costa Rica, other cultures in Costa Rica. So yes, it was certainly life-changing, kind of led me, led me certainly to where I am today. The journey I kind of went on with um, after that, the year-long trip was also quite, you know, life-changing. I'm still learning, you know, many of the things um, from the trip. And um, again, I think that was really, I think, I think travel transforms you, right? Mm -hmm. And specifically for me, I found that solo travel certainly teaches you how strong you are and you have really the ability to figure anything out right? Mm-hmm. There's many things that can go wrong in travel. Yes. <laughs> you can plan everything and then, you know, plan like see happens or something. Um, you know, before this, I was actually, um, before I went on my trip, I spent 11 years in event planning, right? So it's funny. I went on this trip and I was like, you know what? I don't want to plan it out. And I kind of went with the flow on this trip a little bit more. Um, but kind of remembered, I think it was still a good reminder that like, can figure everything out. Like something can go really not great. You could miss, miss um, planes or trains or buses and figure it out. Or you don't know the language and you figure out how to communicate with someone or, you know, you don't know directions or get lost and you kind of figure it out. So for me, travel has been transformative in the way that it is. Uh, it does teach you to trust yourself, right? Yeah. And to be open to others and experiences along the way as well. Absolutely. Is there a story about this last trip that you took that sticks out for you? Oh, gosh. Yeah. What kind of, (laughs) any kind of story or anything? I'm trying to. Just anything that jumps out at you. Like for me, whenever I think back of my travel for six months, like waking up early in the morning at the crack of dawn to hike in the middle of the night with flashlights. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That story always like jumps out at me because it's like, wow, I did something like that. So just anything that is just gives you all the feels or you just one of those memories that you cherish. Yeah. Well, I ended up, so on this trip, I ended up in, um, so a few things I ended up in Italy in August. Right. And that's like the height of the tourist season. And so I was really, that was the point where I really got into photography. I was getting up early every day at sunrise to see the city. And it was amazing because, you know, I'd get up at 6am, leave where I was staying at 6am and it would be, you know, just the locals there having their coffee and the culture of having coffee. And it was just, it was amazing to see the city, right, in kind of a native way before all the other travelers and and tourists kind of got up. It was amazing. The fact that you chose to get up that early, that you made that decision to do that for yourself. Yeah. Um, Well, one one other story that comes to mind is a really... um, I loved my time. So I spent about five weeks exploring Vietnam and, and I found the culture to be fascinating. I'd never been to a place like Vietnam. There was something about like this organized chaos there that was so incredibly, (laughs) way to put it. (laughs) It was so incredibly beautiful. Yeah. It's like you'd go to, I remember landing in Ho Chi Minh city and there being, I think there's literally like millions of scooters there. Have you yep. been, have you been Took to Vietnam? my breath away. Oh my God. <laughs> and like just crossing the street is like a challenge in itself, right? Cause you got to yep. go and people are coming at you. And so one of the places I loved most in 
Vietnam was the northern. So we took a overnight bus from Hanoi. Uh, overnight bus was a experience on its own up about, I think it was about seven hours north to this place called the Ha Jang, Ha Jang, Vietnam, Ha Jang Loop. And it's these incredible mountains on the border of Vietnam and China. And they look like nothing I've ever seen. Like these mountains were like jutting out from the earth with these curvy roads between it. And um, the thing to do up there is to do this, like they call it the Ha Jing Loop. So the thing to do there is to, to go on this motorbike ride called the Ha Jing Loop. And it's like this four-day motorbike ride through the mountain villages of Vietnam, the northern Vietnam. And they, not very many people do this just because it's, it's you have to take this overnight um, bus up there. It's, you know, not so glamorous. And, but it's truly amazing. There is, I forgot how many exactly, but there's dozens of different ethnic groups that live up in the Ha Jing region of Vietnam. And it was amazing to go. I ended up hiring a guide, but because I wasn't so good at motorbike riding at that time, um, but sitting on the back of a motorbike and going through these small villages in Northern Vietnam and these different ethnic groups, and they, they have different headpieces on and, and dress um, in their traditional dress. And these, and I, you know, we couldn't communicate at all, right? In Vietnam, I found the language to be very challenging for me. Um, but I knew how to say basics. But a lot of them, you know, some some of the um, ethnic groups up there knew how to speak Vietnamese. Some didn't. Either way, I barely knew how to speak Vietnamese, right? But they were some of the people that I met on this motorbike trip were some of the most welcoming people I've ever met, right? And I think there is... So there were such kind people and invited us into their home to have lunch and um, just welcoming us. And, you know, I don't think they see a lot of travelers up there. And so anyways, it was an amazing, you know, four day motorbike trip. We'd stay in these small villages along the way and um, bike for hours to the mountains. And it was life changing in the way to see like how other people lived. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a remote, it sounds a remote area. Oh, it was so remote. Yeah, it was absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably were the most loving, kind hearted people too. It seems like the yeah. further off the beaten path you get, the more that you find kindness. Yeah. And I found myself, it was funny. I found myself on this trip. I thought I would really like love the big cities and everything. And I really found myself gravitating towards kind of the off the beaten path destinations. Yeah. And, you know, I felt like, well, then they were good for my soul. And I just felt right in these places, but also like getting out of kind of the cities and, um, and kind of the farther away that I can get and really immerse myself in a destination um, was all the more fulfilling and gratifying and able to see how people kind of truly lived in these countries and places around the world were amazing. Right. I can completely relate to that. How did you pick that? The Ha Jing Loop, you mean? Yes. So I think I had like, when I went to like different places, I would like Google or look at blogs and stuff like that. I think I found someone had blogged about doing a motorbike trip on the Ha Jing Loop. Um, so I started looking in the pictures where, you know, I'm, I'm a very visual person being a photographer. And so the pictures were just absolutely stunning and like look like out of this world. So I was like, I want to go there. So I started looking into it and it was, of course, like, a, as I said, like a long journey and this mm -hmm. crazy overnight bus to get there and everything. Um, uh, but sometimes kind of those longer journeys are worth it even yeah. more. And so I think, so I think that's where I first found it was a blog. And I just, I fell in love with the beauty of the place through that, those images. And I thought if it's this beautiful in photos, like I can't even imagine how beautiful yeah, it is in real life. In real life. So, yeah. 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 It's amazing. So I know a lot of our listeners are going to be all about how did you budget for such a long trip? They're going to want to know, like, how did you go about starting this adventure to take a year off? Yeah. So I guess how I budgeted, I looked into, so there's so many different ways of traveling. I'm sure as you know, there's, you know, the route of, staying in like high-end hotels or Airbnbs, or you can stay in hostels, or you can go camping, or you can go, you know, on um, like, like a van trip or something like that. And so 
there's so many ways of traveling. So I think I figured out like how I wanted to travel first as far as budgeting. And for me, um, I had never really stayed in hostels before this trip. It's not something that, um, you know, it's just not something that I had really done before. I usually, yeah, when I went on vacation, common. I would, yeah, <laughs> when I, especially in the U S I don't think it's yeah. as common. And so I would go on vacations usually before this and, um, I would, you know, stay in a nice hotel and stuff like that. But I realized pretty soon it wouldn't really be sustainable for a very long time yeah. <laughs> to stay in a, like a nice hotel. So I ended up, I looked into hostels and I was like, I don't know if this is for me, but willing to try. So I had done a little, I went to Iceland about, um, a few months or maybe like six months before I left on this trip, I did a trip in Iceland and in Iceland, I like stayed in part of the time I stayed in a couple hostels and I realized there, there were actually like some beautiful communities and, um, not bad. I mean, not bad. And there's all different types of hostels, right? There's yeah. small hostels, there's large hostels, there's party hostels, there's, you know, not party hostels. So I um, decided I was okay with staying in hostels for most of the trip. And also supplementing that with like some time in either Airbnbs or, um, you know, hotels or something like that, depending on, depending on the cost and the country and everything. So I think that was my first step is to figure out what kind of accommodations and transportation I would be willing to have. And for me, it was like, I would rather travel for longer. I decided for this trip specifically, I'd rather travel for longer and maybe stay in less glamorous places because I'd rather be out exploring than to stay in like a five-star hotel and only be able to travel for like a month, right? And I would be okay with taking like, Oh, there wasn't other places, ways to get the Hajang Loop, but like an overnight bus or like long bus trips rather than a short flight sometimes. Although sometimes I would take a short flight. So I started kind of looking into that. There are different resources that I looked at line that said like, uh, like how much, for example, like accommodations are in this country or how much transportation would be. So I started going on like different websites and saying, how much are the flights? How much are, um, accommodations like a hostel in um, this country or could I do an Airbnb? So for example, the price difference are wild, right? It's like I had in Australia, I think I did hostels for like $50 US a night, where in um, Vietnam, I had a beautiful private um, bedroom, bathroom, Airbnb with breakfast the next morning for $20, right? So it's so different. So I started kind of looking in the average of each country and then saying, okay, maybe I want to spend a month in Vietnam. How much would that be? And then maybe I want to go to New Zealand for three weeks. How much would that be? And kind of rough chart it out. And then from there, add a little bit of buffer. <laughs> yes, you always need a little bit of buffer. <laughs> yes. Like so, those certainly. miss, miss flights and miss. <laughs> oh, <rides>. yes. <laughs> you need a little bit of buffer. It yeah. Happens. Or maybe you're just tired of being on long bus trips. And you're like, maybe I'll just fly there for an hour instead of a seven hour long bus trip. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's always, and or you want to get away from, you know, living with, you know, a few other people in a room and get your own room for a while and stuff like that. So the buffer is always needed. And yeah. then I, I made sure I had some money for um, money set aside for when I got back from the trip to figure out. Um, so I didn't come back from the trip completely, you know, gone through kind of everything. So I set some money aside for that as well. Yeah, I love how you say how you said that you set it out by what kind of traveler do you want to be? Because that's a beautiful question to ask yourself. Like you said, there's so many choices out there. Like for me, I was able to couch surf all the way through Germany for oh, that's amazing. And barely spent a penny. And which was a beautiful experience. Very scary. Do it. I was going to say, I think you're a little more brave than I am. I thought about doing couch surfing, but, and I've heard of so many people having beautiful experiences, but for me, I was like, I don't know. Do it. It's scared, but I was like able to do that. So there are so many ways you got to decide what kind of traveler do I want to be? And then get on the, get on the Google and do that research and figure out what you're going to need for each place. And couch surfing was honestly one of the best experiences I, I had which cow surfing because I got to live with these families and it almost felt like I was, I became a part of those families for the couple days that I stayed there. And it was a very intimate experience and I got to get to know their neighborhoods, their favorite things to do. And I, 
I would recommend it to anyone. And the Couchsurfing website is very well watch what people are saying about everyone and they have to be certified. Like it's very much, you you can be pretty safe. (laughs) And I found that too. Like, I think some of the accommodations that don't seem as glamorous at first, you really get, you really get immersed in the culture a lot more. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, some of the places that I stayed, I felt like part of the family. Like yeah. in Bali, I stay in this beautiful, small, small hostel where it was run by the family and the mother invited me to come to temple with her and showed me her traditional dress and um, shared a little bit about her culture and her religion. And I don't think that's something that I've ever gotten in kind of a high-end hotel. I think sometimes exactly. the high-end hotel, the personality and the culture kind of um, gets pulled out a little bit. Yeah, it does. And that's because you are tending to a different type of traveler. So that's why I really love how you said, like decide what type of traveler you want to be and then look, look for that. If you're looking for culture, look for more smaller, intimate experiences. If you're looking for more of like a vacation, look for those resorts and bigger high-end hotels. Yeah, exactly. And I think like, I know I've experienced this. People are like, oh, like, how can you travel for a year? But there's so many, as you said, there's so many different budgets of traveling, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Couch surfing, you can pretty much do without spending anything, right? And um, there's so many different budgets of traveling. So to let, you know, the fact that you don't have, you know, a crazy amount of money for a year of travel stop you, I don't think is a re- like is a, a reason. There's so many different yeah, ways of traveling, not, yep. there right? Is so and there's ways there's ways of like making money on the road. I met people who like were working in different countries on different like working visas or you know, working remotely while traveling. Um, Just to finish my thought is that, you know, also there's like so many ways, I don't know if you've heard of like travel hacking or anything like kind of getting points on like, there's a whole world out there of like what they call travel hacking and like getting points for hotels and flights. Um, And so I ended up like for most of my flights, I ended up, um, getting them for free through points Ooh, so amazing. yeah so it's kind of how a long did you yeah how long did you build up those points in order to be able to travel for free so for, for free? yeah so I had a um like travel credit cards with travel kind of points for a couple of years and just building it up through bonuses and you know um it it really does add up and yeah. so yeah yeah, and I didn't so use them so much for hotels, but for flights, I certainly did. <laughs> yeah. So it took you a couple of years to be able to get a few free flights. Yeah. Yeah. And there's all these, you know, there's different bonuses. Um, right now, actually, with the pandemic might be, I don't, I don't really know, but, you know, it might be a time to look into it because maybe they're giving away a little bit more. I don't know yeah, if that's true, actually, but <laughs> I don't know, but it might, it doesn't hurt to look. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to look. So yeah, so the first thing you said for budgeting was deciding what type of traveler you wanted to be and then doing the research from there. And then what it was, it was like just selling all your stuff. Yeah. So yeah, then I decided to, you know, I kind of budgeted it out. Like how much would it be to put my stuff in all my furniture and storage and, um, you know, for at least a year, maybe more. I wasn't sure again if I was wanted to come back to Boston or go someplace else after this trip. So I budgeted that out. Um, and around the Boston area, it's not super cheap for storage. Um, and then I also budgeted out how much would it be if I sold everything and kind of rebought it? Maybe not new, maybe used, but um, kind of in the same condition that I have it now. And I realized it was about the same, right? And so I decided just uh, I decided to sell it because for me it was easier knowing that I didn't have all this stuff kind of in storage if I did want to go somewhere after the trip or um you know as we talked before like just having less stuff for me is freeing so yeah yeah, I decided to sell it and take that money and go you know travel or or save it for when I get back yeah yeah and then picking your routes how did you go about picking your travel route yeah, I really wanted to travel to places that maybe I wouldn't have had the op- an opportunity to travel on a, you know, one or two week trip, right? Places where I can kind of get more into the depth of, um, 
the country or the landscapes or the cultures. So for me, that meant, you know, places halfway around the world. So places like New Zealand and Australia and um, parts of Southeast Asia as well. I wanted to get off the beaten path. So I kind of took a look at the map, like a Google map of the world and started saying, okay, I want to go to New Zealand and um, looking at how would I, you know, different places I could stop either along the way or kind of what's west from there, right? Always keep going west. So I had, when I left, I had like a rough idea of my route, um, but this was a trip that I wanted to do. I didn't want everything planned, right? I had looked into, they have these like around the world plane tickets, right? So you can buy them from an airline and like, you can say, you know, it's one price and basically you have like five stops or however many stops you buy around the world and you have to like set a date for each stop and keep going in the same direction. So keep going west. And for me, I wanted more flexibility. So I decided, okay, here's my rough route. I booked the first, I booked my way out of the country, right? So I started in Boston. My first stop was actually Southern California. I did a road trip in Southern California with a friend who came with me. And then I went to Hawaii and then I booked to New Zealand. So that was kind of what I booked when I left Boston. From there, I wanted to give myself like some flexibility. If I like some place, I wanted to be able to stay there late longer and if I got someplace where I didn't really like, I wanted the flexibility to keep moving on, right? So, and also to like explore and find new places. So some of the places that I went, like um, Abu Dhabi, I don't think I ever would have planned to stop there, but I decided uh, on my route that that was someplace I wanted to go. And I, you know, saw some beautiful pictures of Abu Dhabi or a place like Slovenia. I had never heard, to be honest, about Slovenia before I, again, saw beautiful pictures. So someone posted online about Slovenia. I'm very um, uh, visually, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I decided to go there and it was kind of along the way after I went to uh, Italy. So I kind of, in a way, followed my heart on this trip and stayed in places like for, once I got to New Zealand, I realized New Zealand, although it's relatively a small country, there's a lot to it and a lot to see. So where I thought that I would stay there for, you know, three or four weeks, I was there for six. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then when I got to Australia, I thought I would be there for, oh, I was like, I don't know if I'll like Australia. So I would be there for two weeks that turned into two months. So (laughs) I ended up traveling. I had a route in mind. I ended up traveling slower than I thought. Um, I wanted, I initially wanted to, um, but you know, it's just the way that it felt right to me on the trip. Yeah. Yeah. How did you learn to listen to your heart and that voice within? Yeah. So I don't know. I think a lot of it was the point on this trip, you know, before this, I was on the go, go, go all the time, um, you know, through my career and just living in Boston and just moving at a million miles a minute as we all do. And part of this trip and this journey was slowing down and kind of listening to my own intuition and kind of listening to that. And I think it hit me, you know, when I was in, when I got to New Zealand and I was trying to, you know, see everything that I could in New Zealand. And I realized I was spending two nights here, one night here, one night here, two nights here. And I was exhausted. I was like, I can't keep this up for another, you know, 10, 11 months. So and I, I was only seeing the highlights of a place. And although it's nice to see the highlights, I wanted to see the depth of a place yeah. as well. And so that's when I, you know, told myself, you know, let's throw all the out the window that you're going to get to South America and Africa on this trip. And, you know, <laughs> I thought I would hit everything. And, and one year is, it sounds like a long time, but it actually is not a long time as well if you want to see the depth of places yeah it goes by quickly yeah exactly so that's when I started like slowing down a lot more yeah so you so it seems like you learn to listen to yourself by feeling burnt out and a little bit like you're rushing from one place to another yes by that you're like okay this doesn't feel good to me and so then you started going a little bit slower and it started to feel good on the inside yeah it felt really good for me to explore a place and for me I love getting out into nature, right? Into these like big, wild, expansive places. And 
you know, to feel the depth of those places. And so I wasn't able to do that just seeing the highlights. And that mm-hmm. felt the way I wanted to travel. Yes. So how do you go about bringing calm within? I know you were just talking about how much you love nature. And I know nature yeah. has a way to do that for me. How do you bring calm within? Yeah. I mean, nature certainly, when I get out into nature, I think it reconnects me to like my true self, right? And I agree, nature has that way of doing that to me as well. It, it's especially with travel and seeing these stunning, amazing places, right? Exploring them. It, it has a way of stopping me in my tracks and bringing me into the present and, and kind of the awe of our beautiful world. And yes, um, you know, nature, I'm a big uh, fan of meditation as well. Um, and I brought that into kind of my year and journaling as well to kind of bring into the present. But I think for me, um, nature really always has a way of stopping me and, you know, grounding me in a way and bringing that calm back within. Yeah, that's a beautiful answer. And um, I definitely feel the same way. Yeah. So how did you gain focus after that year of traveling and being like with yourself, by yourself and experiencing, like you were saying, the awe and the beauty of the world? How did you bring yourself back? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. To be honest, I'm still discovering it. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it is a shock coming back, right? So, um, you know, in this, in a year, you've had so many experiences and with so you've met so many different people, like, and no one's been there through the whole year, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you talk to friends and family from home and, and tell them about it, but it's so different experiencing it. So it was to be a huge shock to the system coming back. And, I'd heard other people that had done long-term trips to be like, oh yeah, the hardest part is coming home. And I was like, no way, no way. And then I got back and it was hard to relate in a way to friends and family back home or for them to relate to you rather, because you've had this like amazing life-changing experience over the last year and you know, you've had it kind of by yourself. Right. Or, um, and so they're, you know, still in kind of that, they're in the daily life. So it's hard. It is, it, it still is sometimes hard to get back into the pace and, um, of the daily life back home. I did use the year to t- take a step back and say, okay, what do I, what do I truly want? And, you know, I was ready for a career change when I left for my travels. And so on my trip, like I, relearn that I love art and creativity. And I've always known that about myself, but I really delved into it through photography. And so um, I've continued to delve into it. I love photography. It just transports us back to that moment and these places and the feelings. And so I'm living in Southern California and San Diego right now. And, you know, I love going out on adventures and exploring and even with, you know, the quarantine, being able to just still be outside and bring my camera with me. And that helps me bring it back to the present. So I've taken this opportunity, as I said, to like, think about what I truly want and what career path I want to go down. And so now I am working on um, opening up uh, Well, I did open, but working on building up a photography print business and to help, you know, inspire others to explore and to get out of their comfort zone and to lean into kind of the experiences of life, right? And to explore as a way, explore the world as a way to explore themselves. I love that. Explore the world as a way to explore yourself. I love mm, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's so true. I think, you know, on, I mean, I left for the trip being like, I want to go to see all these places. And what I didn't realize that I would discover, you know, it was an opportunity for me to also discover my values and who I am without kind of these, um, titles that kind of is put on, is put on with us, whether it's like, um, you know, daughter or, um, like sister or, you know, event planner that I was here. It was really like, who am I without all those titles? Right. So, I mean, I think I left on this, I left on this trip thinking I was going to see amazing places and I did, but I also explored, who I truly am. Yep. I can say that too. Yeah. Uh, that's part of my six month abroad and 
by myself was just finding out how strong I truly am, how brave oh my gosh, I truly yes. am. And even though there was moments that I would break down and cry because I was like, I don't know what to do. I did know what to do. Yes. I did figure it out. You always know what to do. It's just listening to that kind of internal voice and getting quiet. It's it's hard. It's hard. But yeah. when you're forced to do it, when you're by yourself, you're kind of forced to do it. So yes. I, yeah. yeah. Where did you go on your trip, Josie? I traveled slow, just like you. So for six months, I went to Indonesia, um, Vietnam, and Germany, and Thailand. Oh, so, that's amazing. And that was six months. And I only saw those countries, but it was so worth it going slowly and yes. really immersing myself in everything. Oh, my God. And, and that is a great amount of time to really immerse yourself into the different yeah. cultures. And that's amazing. Wow. Yes, it was. It was a life-changing experience. I remember coming back and my husband, like, he was my fiance at the time. And uh-huh. I came back to get married. And he's like, you've, you've changed. Yeah. How did you, when you, when you came back, was it like, how did you feel getting back? Oh, when, I, uh, when I came back, it was just, it was like you said, I felt myself crying a lot more often because yeah. I didn't feel like I, it almost felt like I didn't fit in with yes. my people Yes. anymore. Like we didn't get each other. And when I would explain to them these experiences that I had, they were like, well, you'll be back to feeling the same way we all feel. You'll be back to normal soon. Like this feeling won't last. Like nothing like this ever lasts. And those type of things really hurt me in a way because it made me it almost made me think no you're wrong I'm gonna make this last like I'm gonna figure out a way to live better because of what you're saying and you like see the other side of it right you see what's possible absolutely and so even with my husband he's like you're changing every day and I'm just learning to adapt (laughs) that's great that's awesome he's like willing willing to willing to grow as well yeah it's yeah it's a two-way street and we both have to adapt to each other and um that's the one thing travel has done for us it has made both of us kind of grow and choose different pathways that we wouldn't have chosen Mm, yeah I think it's a like a stepping out of kind of your comfort zone and um yeah it totally changes you and for me I'm like how do I keep kind of that travel alive so it's not like a you know in kind of the everyday right and Mm -hmm. I think that's for myself I feel like that's a challenge like I'll go out now and I'll be like okay I'm gonna go on like a I'm going to I got back to Boston and I decided like one day I'm like I'm gonna go into I was staying outside of Boston with friends and this was about two weeks after I got back and I was kind of a little, I was, I was a little depressed and I was like, what am I doing? And I get back to Boston when it's gray and cold. And, (laughs) um, and again, like my friends are like, or people that I knew, you know, know in Boston were like, what's your favorite part of the trip? And I was like, favorite a year. Like it's so hard. (laughs) And so, you know, again, it's hard to relate to what I have done, I think. And so I decided I was going to go into the city of Boston. I lived in the city of Boston for 11 years before I left, but I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with my camera and I'm going to see something new. I'm going to look at it like a traveler, right? I'm going to look at it like I would like any city that I went to. So I did that. I spent, you know, a few hours in Boston and it was, it was amazing. And it kind of brought me out of my funk of just getting back and um, brought me back to kind of that mindset of, oh yeah, there's so much to explore in this world, whether it is halfway across the world or it is in your backyard. There's so much beauty all around. Yes, absolutely. That's what I found too. When I came back, I started exploring my own little town. Like I came back to Idaho because I was actually planning a wedding on the road. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Wow. (laughs) Which had its own fun challenges. Yes, I'm sure. (laughs) So I came back to Idaho for my trip and same thing. There was so many parts of Idaho I had never experienced or seen and so I allowed myself like you said just to have that traveler's mindset of being open to the newness and being in the present moment I think the biggest thing as a traveler is we're like in it (laughs) we're in the moment and when we're like living our day-to-day life we kind of do it like by feeling like robots almost we're just kind of emotion yes you're so so right I never thought of it like that I think like also the experiences on the road and traveling force you to be in the mm-hmm. moment right because yeah. it's always something new and there's always mm-hmm. especially traveling by yourself too it's like all right I kind of gotta like I'm responsible 100% for myself right so yeah. I gotta be aware of what's going on <laughs> yes yeah, so I force myself to just be in the moment more and oh. it's been my new way of life of just forcing myself to just live in this moment and letting this be enough whatever it is that I'm doing and yeah 
it's been a life-changing way for me to live. And those that know me and know me well, they still say like, wow, you have changed. And I'm like, I'm glad you were noticing because it's a, it's a hard thing to change. It's yeah. not an easy thing and to wouldn't, do. And it wouldn't it almost be a shame if you like got back from visiting, I think like for me, I'm like, it would almost be a shame if I got back from seeing so many different cultures and places that it hadn't changed. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, I've never looked at it that way, but yes, I completely agree. At first, I looked at it as it was something wrong, I think, as oh, like changing because yeah. I was just like, because I couldn't relate to my people. Right. And so it almost felt like I it was something wrong, but then I started looking at it from a different angle, like, absolutely, I've changed. I've seen things. I've experienced things. I've, yeah. And you bring all of those experiences that you had in your travels to like where you are currently. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's felicitated this beautiful Backroads podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. Yes. Thank you our, for having me. Yes. Where can our um, listeners get more of you? Yeah. So I have, I'm on Instagram at uh, Instagram.com slash lean uh, into life, lean underscore into underscore life in our under life. That's it. Absolutely. And then your photography one more time. Yeah. So my photography website is christinasimphoto.com and it's Christina with a K and Sim S-Y-M. Perfect. Is yep. there any last feedbacks or any last comments you would like to leave us with? I mean, I think I would just say like, I think it's important to remember to explore and kind of getting out of that daily grind. I think so often like I have in my own life felt stuck and like, as you said, remembering to stay present and kind of lean into the experiences of life, right? And to come back to your true nature. And like, anything is really possible. When I first started thinking of this trip, I thought, oh my gosh, I can't do that. But like, put if you decide, make the decision and move towards it, really, um, you know, things magically open up. And really, you know, I'm a big believer that you know, you can live a big, bold life if you choose to. So, you know, live, work towards your dreams and live, you know, and dream big and move in that direction. So that is beautifully said. You can have the life you want if you choose to. And yes. I do believe that it's a choice that we get to make every day. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely not an easy choice to make, but we get no. to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times it's a harder choice, but I think um, you can choose to either, you know, stay uncomfortable in, or you can choose to get uncomfortable and kind of leap towards what you want. Yes, and, it's worth it. Yeah. And I mean, so many times I have to remind myself that like, either way is a little uncomfortable to stay kind of stuck where you are to leap towards what you want. But you like, I do have a choice. You do have a choice. So yes, beautiful. Christina, again, thank you. Thank you, Josie.